Spiritual Intelligence is a show spiritually grounded in reality. Learn from your host and the great teachings of the universe. Remember, there is power behind love, self-acceptance, and being open to a whole new world, a psychic and spiritual awakening. Learn about intuition, psychic ability, and healing. We are all intuitive. We all have our own superpowers to use our intuition. We can all consciously create our lives and make them how we want them to be. Be on the receiving end of abundance. The show will bring you real stories about real people that have been life-changing and take you on a personal journey of deep self-exploration. The answers are right inside of you. And now, it's time for Spiritual Intelligence Radio Show with your host, Ema Sumac Watkins. Good morning. Hello, and welcome to Spiritual Intelligence, a show of spirituality grounded in reality. I'm your host, Ima Sumak Watkins, and I'm coming to you live today from sunny L.A. right here in California on the Lions Radio Network. Uh, thank you to all of you who are coming back here in the U.S. and all the other countries listening all over the globe. And Globe is a really great segue for my next guest, Lily Cummings. Um, Lily has a diverse background in film, photography, and graphic design with a degree in film and media. Uh, she originally explored various creative venues, including producing, curatorial, and creative direction, but in a second career as a model, that led her to her current creative passion and greatest expression, photography. Now she travels the world working with uh, for both editorial and commercial clients while experiencing the joys of constant inspiration from the unfamiliar. And... Good morning, Lily. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting in the air conditioning, so everything's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, today you're in New York, and I say that because uh, whenever we speak, you are um, traveling all over the world, and it's um, you know, so you're you know, you're a global um, traveler. I mean, a serious one too, with your work. Um, you know, I wanted to get right to the modeling because, you know, you went to film school and you graduated and all of those really wonderful things that go along. But where I see that it's, it starts to be get to get interesting is when of your modeling career. And I and you were a plus size model. Am I correct? I was. Yes, 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 yes. And um, yeah. So oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and, I, and please, if I wanted, yes, I have some questions, like, what was that like, and, um, you know, what, during, and during what time, what era were you modeling and all of that, so I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, just a little, like, background, like, I was always obsessed with fashion imagery, like, um, growing up in the middle of nowhere, because my mom would just find me, like, old magazines that I could, like, tear the photos out, and 
So I've always, I think I always just assumed that like, if you wanted to, you could do it. There was no, nothing like stopping in anybody's way. Um, and then you begin to understand that like, it's only for certain people and you kind of exclude yourself. Um, and then I got scouted when I was in college, but at the time it was not anything that was like in my space to do. Um, and when I moved to LA and was like starting work there after college, I was like, Oh yeah, it'll be like a side gig. Um, and I ended up getting signed by LA models who at the time was really kind of pushing for diversity in the, um, market in LA. And I, you know, when something just, you fall into it and it's very easy and you just assume it's easy for everybody else. Um, I was very lucky. (laughs) This happened to work out very well. And so I could have my career that, you know, was based on my schooling and also like make extra money on the side, um, modeling. Um, and I didn't take it seriously until I, you know, changed careers in LA from producing and was like, what do I do with myself? And modeling was just something that worked in the meantime. Um, but yeah, it's like a really interesting business. I started modeling when I was 22 and the first job I ever did was for Levi's, um, which was pretty cool. So I was like running around LA and like jeans and, you know, I was like, um, I was probably like a size 10, 12, um, which at the time, you know, was a lot bigger than most women who were in, you know, advertising campaigns. So that did feel really special. Um, and then, you know, it just went off from there. I was mostly based in LA and then I, you know, when I moved to New York, that's when things got more interesting. Um, but I also always felt like I missed the sense of creative control um, that I got from producing and and making my own films. And so it was actually at the end of LA that I I took my first photos. Um, And it's interesting because like the move to New York really signaled a change, not just with what modeling meant to me, um, but also photography and what was available um, to me from having come from the modeling world. Mm-hmm. And and so tell me, how did you, how did that started to come about? Because I read some articles about you, and there were really, there, <laughs> there was at one point there there were having amazing accolades about you, about you just really taking it by storm. So uh, tell us, you know, tell us how did that, you know, how did that start to move for you? The the modeling or the photography? It's so the, funny the photography. I'm sorry. The, yes. Point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, we're gonna move. So we're gonna move to photography no. now. Because <laughs> modeling seems <laughs> so far away at this point. Um, but it, you know, it's funny. I, I think there is always this part of me that I've only recently kind of accepted was that you know having a film degree and coming from this this background that modeling is actually what led to my photography career. I think there was this part of me that was like how did this job that had nothing to do with my, you know, education and, you know, hard, the years of hard work, like how did modeling actually give me a photography career? But I think what it really created was the sense of empathy for what it's like to be in front of the camera. And I think that's what led to me being successful within a niche market of uh, what's called plus size models, which is essentially just women over a size four. Um, and so because I was shooting people from my industry, women and models who were a little bit larger, um, I knew what it was like to be them. And so 
the models were coming to me and essentially asking to be seen as something unique for their beauty, but also not exotic or fetishized, you know, like they wanted to be seen as women and having been in that position, I could provide them um, kind of that perspective and people started to notice. And I think it's interesting because for me, it was a no brainer, but for so long, um, people just refused to acknowledge these women that way. Um, And so I ended up being very lucky. It was good timing. It was from the modeling, but also just this, this background of like, I know what women want to be looked like from this industry. Um, And, you know, it's just like seen as more than a body, Um, which is interesting because, you know, when you are a little bit larger and you're in this industry, it's all about your body. Um, I don't know. And so, yeah, I moved to New York and then, you know, with modeling, I was losing, I really struggled because I have such a strong sense of, aesthetics and and what I want to be you know moving towards in my life and I I didn't have the control and modeling that I wanted a lot of women do have it I just didn't and um with the photography it 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 happened like I had a couple of incidences where like I needed money and so I just started shooting my friends who were models and you know within a year that's how I was making the majority of my living you know being being in New York being in the center of this world if you hustle, the opportunities are there. And, you know, if you treat people with respect, they'll return because, you know, I'm not saying it's rare in this industry, but it is harder to come by, I think, than um, maybe in some other fields. Yeah, and, and, and let's, touch, uh, let's touch on that, uh, Lily, is I wanted to get to this point about photography and self-image and it's interesting how you said that anything over a size four is a plus model and which seems to me, you know, I just really didn't, it's, it just seems not normal to me, but at the same time, of course, I understand, you know, I guess I understand because of fashion, but do you find um, that it is getting easier for women who are over the size four Oh, um, those of modeling, modeling, and is there more of it? I mean, and also, did you have did did you have image issues w- with it and your experiences with them? I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that? No, absolutely. I mean, the shift in the body diversity movement has been absolutely incredible over the last like five to ten years. To the point where I think some people even forget how bad it was before. Um, I mean, obviously there are still moves to be made. I'm not, you know, it's a, a move. It's obvious. It's still a movement. But you know, when I first started, I was too small. But you know, they wanted my face to maintain that kind of structure. But I needed to be bigger to kind of fit what this ideal plus size body was. Um, and you know, my like I didn't have enough of a bust, so it had been suggested to me to, you know, artificially increase it. Um, as I saw modeling as a second job, even when it was my full-time job, um, I never, you know, considered that. But, you know, there have been so many women who have been working at this for so long that now that, you know, there's this new generation of models who are much younger, probably between you know, 18 and 25, and they are doing amazing campaigns. They're working for large brands 
and you know models now who are a size eight ten, people don't even notice that they're bigger anymore. They they become more of the mainstream, um, and they also have a new title. They're called in betweenies, <laughs> which is the the bridge size between small and large, I guess. Um, and you know the conversation keeps happening. I'm part of a lot of uh, organizations that are all about promoting diversity. Um, within the beauty industry, beauty and fashion industries. Um, I mean, it's hard because, you know, sometimes what makes people change, sometimes, all the time, what makes people change is the prospect of money, right? And since mm-hmm. such a large portion of the population is actually over a size 14, I think a lot of brands who were struggling in the market have realized that there is potential to reach a larger audience if they just increase their sizes, um, you know, which also involves using women who represent um, those sizes in their advertising campaigns. You know, so the market and the need for larger sizes has actually forced brands to use women of larger sizes, but then the, po- you know, the response has been so positive, they're encouraged to keep going. Um, so I think I would say in the last 10 years, you know, plus models have gone from being like naked in an editorial because there were no clothes for them. And it was kind of like, Ooh, this is, this is exotic where now they're actually doing fashion editorials where they're styled, where they're presented as women beyond the clothes and beyond their bodies. Um, and I think that is probably the, the largest change in the last 10 years. Now that's good news. That's really yeah. good news. <laughs> no, it, and I, I have to also, remember that actually because it's, yeah. it's frustrating. It's frustrating because like if you've been doing it for so long, it's almost you know that that point where you're like I'm exhausted about having this conversation. Why mm-hmm. do I have to keep telling you that this is important? But then you realize when you get letters, you know, from women who are like I'm inspired by the you know you know when people are like Oh my God, you left cellulite on the model, and they're like Thank you so much, and it's like Well, of course I did, but then you realize that that isn't what used to happen. And you forget because you're, I'm so involved on a day-to-day basis that you forget that, like, the people outside of this bubble don't have that perspective. And for them, it's so inspiring. And, like, I think it's important to remember that, like, you know, for me outside of my little world, um, it, it's still very important and it's still very new. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really glad to see it, and I see it, and you are right. I do see it more often now um, in magazines, and uh, it's very comforting, you know, and I'm glad that that, is, that this has finally happened. Uh, now, I'd like to, because we only have a certain amount of time, I really want to like to, and thank you for that, because I was really glad to hear the shifts and changes that were happening and that you being part of this Um because that's who I, why they came to you in the first place, right? Was because of the plus size modeling. Yeah, as of a course. photographer, like I mean, you're one of us. <laughs> yeah, right. it was like you're one of us. You get it. Um, and then you know, now I think a lot of people don't even know that I used to have that career, um, which is interesting. But I think I, you can see it in the work. You know. Mhm. Mhm. So now let's let, let's start talking about moving into ph- photography and it being your passion. And also, what makes you different than other photographers? <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> you just asked me, like, the big question that, you know, every photographer asks themselves every day. Okay. Um, 
And I, I think that it's this, you know, it's the question of like, why is any artist different from, you know, people who use the same medium? And I, I think it's just the fact that we are all individuals and like, you know, for me having been a model and coming from an industry about diversity, for me, it's just about trying to share that kind of perspective. Um, and I think it just leads to like, you know, a little sense of empathy um, and humanizing. And I think, you know, there is a certain narcissism that plays into any photography or any creative medium. And it's all about um, acknowledging people and not just using them as subjects. Um, and that has always remained incredibly important to me, you know, acknowledging how unique the person is that you're photographing, not just how unique your perspective is of them. Um, it's just trying, I think in my photography is different in the sense that it's not, I'm not trying to own the subject. You know, when mm-hmm. you take an image, you are capturing something that goes beyond time. Um, mm-hmm. And having, you know, where I grew up, uh, well, I was born in Ohio, and the Amish community that surrounded us, they have a rule that you're not allowed to take photos because they believe that you're stealing their soul. And I've always remembered that, and I think there is some truth to that. And I think that we have to acknowledge as photographers that when we are taking images, we are taking something from the people that we have taken the photo of. Because in a way, we do own a little bit of them. And I think there's a responsibility to those people and to the communities at large of what we do with those images and having a responsibility to, to use them wisely and to use them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were going to say, like, what's different about my work, I think that, you know, I actively engage with my subject um, in a way that hopefully, <laughs> um, you know, has some of that empathy. Um, or at least gives them a re- respect, mm-hmm. um, you know, because other than that, you know, for me, photography is about the experience of shooting. Sometimes the final images almost mean nothing to me because the act of taking them was so important. Um, and then afterwards, it's like the photograph is like a lovely byproduct of the experience. It's like the, it's like the dessert of it. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, would you say that you're li- that you're living uh, that you're living your life? You're, you know, are you living your passion, your dream? I am absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, you know. I think every freelancer has that moment where they're like, "Should I just do something easier?" But then it's like, what is easier? And it's like, well, you know, maybe I should just have a nine to five that gives me security. And then I never have to, you know, worry about my own creative demons or, or push myself in ways that I, you know, can't today, but can tomorrow. And I think at the same time, I just, I know that I'm doing what I need to be doing. And the hard days are just days that make the better days even sweeter, you know, mm-hmm. and that it's so rewarding when you get it right that it's something that I can't even describe 
to people who haven't experienced it before, I just hope that they, they get to. You know, mm-hmm. there's something about connecting on a level that is both emotional and physical when it comes to, you know, the, the, the printed image. I don't know. It's so special. It's, the, it's you know, people want to have kids and, like, leave their legacies. You know, how cool is it that, like, something that I've seen, I can show someone 50 years later and have it look exactly the way that I saw it at that moment. You know, I think it's a real sense of timelessness, um, but also this ability to remain, you know, uniquely present. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, and also, and we also when we had, we were having a conversation, you were also relating to me about, you know, the sense of traveling and how that also was part of your dream of your goal, and you know, the, this show is also to to let everybody know that they can go out and accomplish whatever is it that they really wanted. And I know big part of it is the traveling and interacting with the people all over globally. And that's like one of your passions. I know we had a conversation about that. Um, And so what is that like? What is that like to, to live in this um, world of loving what you do and traveling? And are there, you know, is there romances or do you have someone, I mean, tell us what is that life for you? I mean, I know it's, you love what you do and it is, you know, it's a very um, um, joyful and a fulfilling feeling. Uh, But what is that like? I have to say it has changed over the years and I think it changes every couple of months because, you know, as a creator, we go through, you know, you go through phases of, you know, what interests you and inspires you and also what your sense of time is like. And, you know, when I first started traveling, um, you know, without having a home base, I actually found it much easier to engage with strangers. You know, it was a sense of, you know, I don't really have a lot of fear. Maybe it's just naivete, but I definitely – I don't have fear when going to new places, and I never really have, um, which, you know, I'm thankful for. But also it makes it so I can – I'm not nervous when people approach me. I can be cautious, but I have found that, you know, strangers have always wanted to interact with me. Um, and so I get to meet a lot of really interesting people just on the street, and then they take me into their homes, and then I meet their families. Um, and that's been really special on a more like personally like romantic level. It was really difficult in the beginning, but I also think I started this life so that I didn't have to worry about it in the beginning. I just, I think I'm a bit of a romantic and I love the idea that when circumstances are slightly out of your control, but you're following your passion, that's kind of the magic happens and you do meet these people that are very special and I, you know, I have had a couple of relationships where the person was living in a foreign country. And so, you know, my home base was kind of shifted to wherever that person was, was living. And, you know, and I got to experience not only a romance from a different cultural perspective, but it's, you know, it's having that unique sense of, like, family, you know, when you, you're opened up to their lives and their homes. Um, and I, I'm, 
I'm, I'm very grateful for that, but also it is very hard. It's very hard. And I've talked to quite a few, you know, I, I, I talked to quite a few people um, who travel like I do. I mean, not necessarily as photographers. And I think a lot of them do talk about the fact that there is this beautiful sense of connection that comes from this work and from this life um, and from moving from place to place. But there is also this interesting sense of separation. And I hesitate to call it loneliness because I, I'm not sad about it and I don't find it something that is um, a negative. But there is a level of disconnect sometimes between, between places. Like there are moments, you know, jet lag for me isn't necessarily about sleep. It's about a shift in consciousness between one life and one set of connections and a separate one, you know, a new one. Mm-hmm. And so the jet lag for me is, is just resetting to a different type of energy. Um, and so, you know, for me, sometimes, I, you know, I can fly for 30 hours and, you know, next day if the place has that sense of freedom in it that I have never experienced before, I can, like, go and go and go and be totally fine. But also, you know, sometimes you go somewhere new or old, and when you land, you're not tired, but, man, do you feel heavy. And it's just the shift in energy. It's just the shift in the people you're around and readjusting. Um, And, you know, so with romance, that can be very hard. I mean, talk to people in long-distance relationships, and if you're calling somebody and it's, like, 9 p.m. your time, and you're, like, slowing down and feeling kind of cozy and, like, getting ready for bed, and you're talking to, you know, somebody you care about, and it's, you know, 8 in the morning their time, they're crabby, they just got up, they're just about to have their coffee, you know, they're like, oh, man, I got to start this day, like, so your weight, your, where you're at in your day is so different that not only is it, like, maybe a language issue or, like, a situation, it's literally just, like, I'm ready for bed, you're just waking up, and we are not able to see eye to eye, just on how are you feeling, you know? People forget yeah. that. Yeah, but that's quite difficult. But at the same time, it's incredibly fun. And, like, I am such a romantic, and I have had some lots of very fun storybook experiences. And um, it's not for everyone, but, uh, you know, it's out of a romance novel sometimes, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like like you're pretty okay with it right now. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I would. I I put it at not complaining. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> for sure. Um, and so tell me, what is what is you know, and and congratulations for balancing that life because you know there is people you know as as everybody knows we want that particular lifestyle and, with that, and we finally get it and then we actually don't know what to do with it so it's uh, it's really what I hear from you is that you adjusted to it and you just keep growing with it which I think that is what is the key in actually getting what you really yeah. want and getting you know you know and loving what you do is to keep growing and to keep making it you know that love and that passion so you know congratulations that's a great um, accomplishment for that. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, it's, Lily, a, it's a delicate balance. <laughs> for, yeah, 
Absolutely. I can. Yeah, I, I understand. People just think, whoa, she's just flying around and it's all great. No, but, you know, there's you have to learn how to balance it and, and be in comfort within all of that. So, yeah, you're doing, you know, it's, it's like you're doing a really great job with that. So tell me right now, what is it? So where are you going from here now? I mean, now you're you've got this really wonderful career and um and I understand that you you're real passionate about how you shoot and you so is what's next for Lily? Where are you going from here? Well, I've actually been thinking about that a lot um in the last couple of months because you know, I'm looking to move my base to Europe, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, you know, having traveled so much, I, I'm not saying I want to slow down, but I also have realized that maybe I want to create a space for people to come to me, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like, you know, maybe that'll be, you know, for instance, in Berlin, if I can have, like, a studio, um, a perm- more permanent studio to have people kind of come to me and shoot that way, and then go off and shoot. Um, like I have been, you know, all over. Um, but really, I kind of take it day by day because, you know, you think you're going to go in one direction and then you get an email and someone's like, I have this amazing opportunity and it feels right and you go in that direction. Um, you know, I think that the freelancer life is all about creating a safety net and then not setting yourself up to go only in one specific direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and because... And because I'm not necessarily a fashion photographer in the sense that I love fashion, I love people. And I love what fashion can do in creating an image about someone special. Um, but, you know, I'm not out chasing fashion photography so that I can, like, you know, be around cool clothes. And I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, fashion photographers necessarily do that, but I think there is a certain type of photographer who who is all about that kind of creation of a a fashion image. Um, And so for me, I'm very lucky because I kind of get opportunities to shoot things that might incorporate a lot of different um, styles. Um, And the travel opportunities keep coming. Like, I have to say, I set out to... Because I, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to be in New York. I'm just going to go. And I created this life of travel. And now people want to follow me wherever I go. Um, they want to, they're excited. They, you know, they ask me, where are you going next? And how can I be, be a part of it? Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and so I think there is this kind of relationship between me saying, I want to go here and other people saying, I want to go with you, as well as people reaching out and being like, would you be interested in coming to me? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's definitely a, a constant exchange. Um, but I also think, you know, having been traveling nonstop for the last two years, that there is this part of me that, you know, wants something that I can have, by something I mean like a studio or a space, that I can be, build a relationship to over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it's possible to have both. Um, so uh-huh. I, maybe, maybe it's a little arrogant, but I can't think any other way. Otherwise, it it won't happen. And so that's where I'm at right now. How do I absolutely. have both? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You get and that's the misnomer that everybody 
has is that you're not supposed to have it all. But I think that as as we grow, we we keep having it all all the time. It's just what it is that we think what all is, you know. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, you can have exactly. yeah, you can have anything you want. And so we're going to wrap it up, but there's there's one thing that I wanted to ask, and that is, you know, um, in starting off, and that just means not only in photography, but those those of us out here who want to create our lifestyle and the way that we want to and love what we do and get paid and all of the wonderful things, what would you, you know, what would be your words um, and suggestions for everybody out there who is, uh, you know, building it or wanting to do it, and what would you tell them? Honestly, for me, it's always the idea that I'm going to do it until it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, I'll do something else. But I, I feel like so many people go into new situations where they have this anxiety of the, well, what if it doesn't work? And for me, it's like, well, why are you worrying about that now? Because in the end, if you're scrappy and you're used to making things happen, if it doesn't work, you'll find something else. You know, and obviously this comes with the, you know, the idea that, like, you've, you've created the relationships and you've also, like, maybe even financially created, like, a security blanket so that you can fail. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think, you know, for me, having come, I don't want to say come from nothing because I, I don't believe that at all. But, like, you know, having had a job since I was 15, I think there's this part of me that's like, you know what, if I needed to work at a coffee shop, God forbid I could. You know, like, I, I, I could go and do this and then figure it out. And I think just, like, having that idea that, like, you will make it work no matter what and not having that sense of failure if you have to go back down the rungs to get back up, I think a lot of things, you know, will happen because then you're letting go of the fear. Mm-hmm. But do you also, you know, do you also think that that also comes from, well, I'll just figure it out because when you're traveling a lot, you have to figure things out because not everything goes the right way. And you have to think Uh, on your feet. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I also, I I think it's, you know, having come from such a small town, um, I think that maybe for me, I find smaller things very exciting as well. And so I think sometimes I don't even recognize, like, the the challenges are all like, well, yeah, but then how cool is this, right? So, like, even mm-hmm. if something doesn't work out, even if something doesn't work or I don't, you know, like, for instance, if a shoot doesn't happen or blah, 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 like, the process of getting there can be so fascinating and, like, you know, I'm an overthinker, classic overthinker. But there is some beauty in being like, I I just spent a week thinking about this, and how cool did my brain get in the meantime? <laughs> like, how how far <laughs> off did I get in my brain? Like, that's kind of interesting, you know? Like, I think maybe it's just, maybe it's a mind trick, but just like, you know, the failures can be just as interesting and being are just as much of a story. And, you know, yeah, it's just, just learning um, how to roll with the punches and I have to say, I, I'm going to put this out there. I have absolutely incredible friends. I have some of the best group of people around me here in New York. And also, like, I'm going to say throughout the world. And I think that 
focusing on making friends with people who, if I ever needed them, would be there gives me such a sense of security. And I'm not going to, you know, I can't say that without them I would be living the life I am because I also know that no matter what, if something went horribly wrong, I have someone to turn to. So you would say that that building relationships is important uh, no matter what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. And, I mean, we've talked about before, like, I can be a bit of, like, a weird introvert and isolate myself. But I also have friends who appreciate that, and I've also given a lot to my friendships. And, you know, I think the return is a sense of safety, even when they're thousands of miles away, you know. And yes, I, I, I can't go, go through this conversation without acknowledging that because I, I recognize it um, daily when I'm, you know, if I'm, you know, in the middle of Vietnam and I'm like, what am I, what if something happens, you know, not only did I just talk to someone down the street who would recognize me and help me, but I have, you know, uh, a friend in Istanbul who would be like, all right, let's, let's figure this out. I'm going to come get you, you know, like. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a, it's an, a balancing act between like I'm strong and powerful and I can do whatever I want and also having people who are like well when you can't let me know and I'll be there <laughs> you know see now that's that that's a that is be building a global family you know that is yeah. having a family you know you're it's a family of friends and that is very very rewarding to be able to build so i would definitely say that part of the success is to build relationships and from what yeah. i'm from what you're uh, describing to me is that it's it's in the friendships and in the relationships that you know keeps you uh being happy and fulfilling because let's face it we really we do meet we 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 can't always do it alone we need we need help we need we need support we need people to be out there for us you know it's just being human and i think that you know part of the success for anyone is building relationships so but we're going to wrap it up but i thank you so much lily for um you know for being with us today and hopefully you'll come back another time when you when you have the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll just I'll ask you one. And I always ask people. I always give a word to my guests, and the word is acceptance. And uh, what is acceptance for you? And and how do you have it? Um, I think that's a word that I've only recently begun to have a relationship with in a conscious way. Um. And I think for me now it's acceptance is accepting who you are today and yesterday and who you're going to be tomorrow. And just this idea of freedom from expectations um, that, you know, prevent you from living without fear. Awesome. That's a good one to end. Thank you again, Lily. And we're going to, and thank you everybody. And I want to remind everyone that we are on iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Amazon on Echo and Alexa. So you just keep looking out for us on Lions Radio Network and you'll see all the past shows and other shows out there. So we're going to go ahead and uh, say goodbye. And until next time, everybody, thank you. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. 